Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of the Field by Weird podcast, the only podcast capable of spinning straw into gold. I'm Chris Daly, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with the founder of Biting Comics, writer Ben Lacey. Ben, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. All right, so usually what I like to do when I'm meeting someone new for the first time is we'll ask them a icebreaker question just to kind sure. of, you know, break the ice. <laughs> so today's question is... If you were a refrigerator, what item would you hate keeping inside of you? Um, <laughs> probably uh, blue cheese. <laughs> something that smells. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think for me, I'd probably pick something fishy. Just no, no. Seafood. That's a good choice, too. <laughs> no seafood. That'll be mine. <laughs> All right. So, you know, with the concept of Field by Weird, basically, is, you know, any of the things that you're into, whether they're typically nerdy or not, that mm -hmm. uh, make up who you are as a person. So right. um, what are some of the things that, that you're into that feel you're weird? Oh, well, first off, of course, comic books. Um, Absolutely. I've been, you know, I'm pushing a little under 60 here and I've been been reading them for since the 70s. So nice. I've, uh, been 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 around for for quite a while, so I'm always into comic books. Um, my kids have gotten me into a few different anime and uh, and manga stuff, like uh, I've um, you know One Punch Man and uh, that's a good you one. know ones that are more a little more superhero like like my yeah. hero, Amy, a One Punch well, Man. My um, hero is my favorite. I love my hero so much. And then, uh, you know, I, I watched some of Hunter v Hunter and nice. You know, right now we were watching some of that Netflix live One Piece adaptation. Is it pretty good? Uh, the first episode was pretty good. I mean, I I'm not I I watched some of the you know One Piece is one of the animes I tried, and I wasn't you know a huge you know it wasn't great and I for me I, I know a lot, yeah. of people, a lot of people really love it, um, yeah. but I actually the the uh, the adaptation uh, moves a little quicker in terms of you know. In the first episode probably covers you know five or six episodes of the cartoon um, yeah sorry anime <laughs> oh you're and and uh and uh so i think i think that works better for me because yeah, because luffy's character can be uh you know he can get on your nerves a little bit if you're if you're not into into it yeah for sure <laughs> he's, I mean, a, you know, he's a he's a very over the top kind of guy <laughs> yeah definitely yeah i've uh just recently started watching the anime because i wanted to familiarize myself with it before I watched the live action. So I yeah. wanted to I wanted to watch enough of the anime to be able to not have anything spoiled in the live action. And I need to get through it was about like 60, 61 ish episodes. I think I'm through like I'm through like 40 right now. And yeah, I've I've heard that one episode of the live action covers several episodes of the of the of the anime because right. you know like you said there is a lot of filler where you'll have you know, 10, 15 episodes covers one battle just because they cover the battle piece yeah. by piece. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely is a genre one for sure. You have to kind of very much be into pirates and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, Luffy at sometimes can be a little bit, a little bit much. But yeah, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I can't say I'm big in anime, but I'm kind of like you. I'm older getting into anime. It's not something I was into yeah. as a kid, but I'm kind of getting more into it now. And, I know, like like you said, the more superhero ones are more that ones that I lean more into, like One Punch Man and My Hero, mm -hmm. which is My Hero Academia is one of my favorite favorite right. games. Um, but yeah, I've just been kind of just testing the waters on anime myself, so that's cool. 
Um, what's some other stuff you're into? Well, I, you know, I, I try to work out. Really. I like to travel. You know, I'm getting close to, to retirement age from my, my day job, so we're traveling more. Um, in fact, I, I just went to Israel, which kind of tied in nicely to the comic book that I'm doing right now. So, nice. um, so I, I like to do that. Um, you know, do some, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do some, a lot more reading and, you know, sci-fi and historical fiction, um, historical nonfiction. Cause I, you know, I try to put some reality into some of the comic books like Samson where they're, they're based on, you know, some somewhat real events. Yeah. That's cool. So, you know, speaking of comic books, you know, um, I mentioned you're a comic book writer. What was it that got you into writing comics in the first place? Uh, just, or even, uh, I even, guess even, even, even when I was a teenager, I wanted to, I, I think I sent off something to Marvel proposing, <laughs> proposing a comic book. This is like in the early 80s, and I'm sure they, they I didn't even know how to do it. I think I, I didn't even send them, a, you know, you're supposed to send like a return envelope and things like that. I didn't do any of that. I just sent them my pitch and uh, they were nice enough to send me back a rejection letter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I guess I've always, you know, I've, I've been writing you know, regular, you know, I've written some prose fiction and things like that. Um, and then I, you know, I always wanted to do a comic book. And uh, when I came up with the idea of uh, Shark of War, which is my other series, the one I first did, mm -hmm. um, I thought, you know, first I was just thinking it was going to be a short story. Um, but then it, uh, I started realizing it might be better as a comic book. And there was this, you know, I discovered some of these online, you know, software tools like Daz 3D, Gimp, Flip Studio Paint. And I was like, you know, I bet I could just barely do the art well enough to make this a comic book. And that's where I started with Shark of War. And now I'm on my seventh issue. And, you know, I've, I've had other people take over the art because I think there are better people people to do the art than me. Yeah. Um, and then for, you know, Samson, you know, I'd have somebody else doing the art because the Shark of War doing using the, uh, the 3D art stuff worked pretty well for a shark. But once you start looking at people, kind of we looks weird as a comic book it's good for video games but for some reason you know you want a comic book to be almost more like hand-drawn style yeah for sure and yeah that's that's cool that you were able to make the transition from prose to comics because you know i consider myself a prose writer and mm -hmm. i think doing comics would be really fun to do i just haven't been able to figure out how to convert from prose to scripting and everyone says it's so easy but from the people I've talked to, it's not as easy as everyone says. Um, you you really be... have to go ahead. You, you really have to to think more about the uh, the panel by panel how you want it to look. It's not it's it's a little like being a movie director and a writer. Um, you don't have to do as much like when you're writing prose. You have to give these detailed descriptions of backgrounds. You know, like the the green blue sky the uh, lush green trees the uh, flowers were in bloom stuff like that and you just in a in a comic you don't have to you just kind of write this there's a nice background and the artist will fill it in but but you have to kind of think about each shot you know that that's going to be on page you know this shot is going to show this this shot is going to show that because i only have five or six panels you know in most cases to, to get across in each page what i'm trying to get across so you're kind of like a little bit of a, a mini movie director while you're also the writer. Um, so, you know, do, doing the art on, on 
my first books, um, Shark of War was probably helpful in that because, you know, I, I had to like imagine the panels and, and then take my own script to decide how I was going to make things look on the, uh, on the page. Nice. Yeah, that's what I've kind of gotten from most people is it's not as easy as everyone says. And really, it could just be me overthinking it. But mm -hmm. the, I think the thing is, just you know, like, I've gotten a lot of advice regarding that there's really not a right or wrong way to do a script, as long mm -hmm. as it makes sense to you. And as long as it makes sense to the artist. All right. Nice. So, you know, with with all the comics you've had, you know, Shark of War, Cthulhu Man, uh, The Vicious Vixens, and um, Samson, when you go to write, you know, where are you pulling your ideas from? How are you inspired by to create some of these really colorful characters? Well, a lot of it's kind of like one thing springs from another. Um, for example, for Shark of War, you know, the Meg had come out about the same time I got the idea. And, you know, and the Meg is, you know, a lot, a lot of people love the Meg and, you yeah. know, and I, I don't want to knock it. It's a fun movie, but it's basically the the same shark movie you always see. It's just a bigger shark killing people. Right. And yeah. I was like, well, what if I, what if I flip that? What if the shark was a good guy? And the, uh, and what if there was a way he'd get out of water without having a, a you know, a tornado carry him, for example. <laughs> and then I thought about, you know, a military experiment, you know, which, which there's some precedent where, you know, the Navy, different militaries have tried to use things like dolphins and stuff for, for, for military purposes. Yeah. So it kind of went from there. And then, you know, for, for example, for the vicious vixens, there was a scene in Shark of War One where, where he stops um, a gang of human traffickers who are smuggling these women, but he doesn't, you know, he just kind of stops them and flies off and leaves the women there fending them for themselves. And I was thinking about it later and it's like, I wonder what happened to those women. You know, there, there could be a story for it. And I started to think of like an 18 meets Charlie's Angels kind of, kind of scenario. Oh, nice. Uh, and similarly for the Cthulhu Man, it kind of sprang out for, from, you know, a follow up to, to this as well, because, you know, the evil scientist who created the Shark of War, you know, she's going to want to do some more experiments. So I started thinking about what she would do. And Lovecraft, um, as you may know, on Kickstarter is kind of a big thing. There's a lot of people who are Lovecraftian fans. So I'm like, oh, how can I integrate, you know, a Lovecraft concept with my, my concept of a spinoff? Now, for Samson, that was actually one of my earliest, you know, ideas. And it's been, you know, sitting around forever. And I, you know, I, I occasionally update it and polish it off and think about it. But, you know, the superhero market is, you know, very competitive. So I was a little worried about trying to do anything. You know, now that I'm, you know, getting a little bit better audience, I was hoping maybe I can finally do it. Because I'd always had this idea, you know, I wanted to create a superhero. And I was, you know, you know, my, I am Jewish on my mother's side. They, they came out of the Ukraine um, before World War II. And I was always thinking, you know, a, a Samson and a Jewish superhero and somebody who's been an experiment by Nazis, that seems like, you know, you think somebody would have thought of that by now. Yeah. But, but it, you know, it, you know, because, you know, we, we have a Captain America super soldier who is an experiment here in this country. Yeah. You know, the idea that the Nazis wouldn't be doing the exact same thing and the idea that they wouldn't be experimenting, you know, on, you know, prisoners in, in, in concentration camps is, is, in fact, what they did. They did experiment on prisoners in concentration camps, which is one of the, you know, the background realities of the story. Of course, they didn't actually do anything. For the most part, they didn't do anything useful with those experiments. They just tortured people 
um, right. with bad bad science. But you know, in this case, you know, they they do something, but it, it goes winds up going badly for them because they create somebody who's going to be their nemesis. And then, of course, he goes on to, you know, he, he, it's, he's a child during the World War II time frame, but he gets superpowers then. And it carries through as, you know, it's kind of an epic storyline because, you know, it follows through 50 years to the end of the Cold War when, you know, East Germany's getting opened up and some of the records that, uh, you know, of what happened are being revealed and they're starting to realize that maybe this, super soldier program hasn't died maybe there's more of these nazis now going to be created with superpowers um so and it ties in also with the hunt for a nazi war criminal that they find evidence is still alive in the united states and he starts to try and go after him and that's kind of the focus of the first issue that's awesome yeah i got a chance to read that ashkin and it was i I was reading through and I'm like, oh man, this is it. I need more of this book. It's oh, so thank good. you. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I'm moving a little out of my, you know, my normal, my normal audience's expectations. So I'm I'm really hoping to bring in new people, you know, who may may be more superhero fans than they are sci-fi, you know, um, you know, shark fans, because you know, I've kind of built an audience around that. So I need to get more people in. So I'm really glad you said that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've seen conversations lately, you know, among, you know, other comics folks about how there needs to be more Jewish representation in comics. So I think, you know, it's coming around at a perfect time. I mean, Samson's a great character, you know, with the little bit I've seen of him so far. Yeah. Like you said, he's very reminiscent of Captain America and it makes perfect sense. You know, why wouldn't other countries be experimenting with the exact same thing or, you know, other places? It Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's it's kind of an irony of the comic book world you know the, the most of the uh the great greatest comic book writers are are jewish um mm-hmm. you know stanley jack kirby you know the list goes on and on yeah and on um and most you know but most of their characters you know siegel schuster most of their characters were were not um in fact right. some of them are only kind of like retcon you know like the thing always a stand-in for jack kirby but you know he's only officially <laughs> jewish in the last 20 years um, yeah same with Kitty Pride, um, you know, similarly. And, and the thing about those characters, it's, you know, that doesn't really, you know, they, they could or could not be Jewish, and it wouldn't really change them that much. You know, Samson's obviously his origins tied up to, to the fact that he, he was a Jewish kid who was brought to, to Auschwitz at the start of World War II and, and you know, experimented on. So yeah. his, his, that, that identity is unique to his, his creation. Um, and ties into it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you mentioned you have Samson on Kickstarter now. For those that aren't familiar with Samson already, um, why don't you share a little bit about, you know, what Samson's about, you know, kind of what to expect with the Kickstarter? Sure. Um, Samson is is basically the Nazis who really did experiment on on kids, especially twins. They take two twin brothers, Samuel and Saul, and they they start using them as guinea pigs for their Nazi super soldier effort, Project Uberfuhrer. And, uh, you know, as we start in issue one, we're kind of going flashing back to World War II where this is happening to him and his brother. At the same time, in the the 1990s, when the Cold War has ended, he as an adult is finding out that one of these um, super soldiers, Nazi super soldiers may still be alive thanks to 
documents uncovered by the reunification of, of Germany that happened in the early 90s. Um, so he's got to go off and try and find this person while at the same time we're, we're finding about what happened to him in, in World War II to give him these powers and abilities. Um, so it's basically the, the first issue will cover, you know, his hunt, his origin and his hunt for in the present or near present for this um, Nazi super soldier who, who's is still living in America, been hiding all these years and trying to capture him. Um, and then the, the, you know, the, the series will go on from there, cover, cover the events that happened subsequently to that. Um, if you know if it, if it funds, um, I yeah. you know I have at least you know at least six issues planned out for this, um, covering this this first story arc. You know, and, and I think the character can go on. You know, is a continuing kind of superhero character in this, this universe. Yeah, definitely. Now, and, um, oh, go ahead. And as you mentioned, you know, if you go to the Kickstarter page, there's a link to the Ashcan version. You know, you don't sign up for anything, you don't do anything, you just click on it and the PDF pops up and you can read the first eight pages of the story. And, and there's also um, cover art, plus there's, a, you know, a bonus feature talking about the real life, you know, people who were, you know, inspired this, including you know, the two villains of the story who were, were actual, you know, Nazi scientists who were experimenting on people in concentration camps. Yeah. And that was really cool. There's the the part about where you showed, you know, who the characters are based on. And you were totally right. You know, you look at this guy, you're not going to see this handsome guy as some creepy, creepy guy. You're going to want to go a little bit, a little bit more crazy just to have that believable factor of a mad scientist. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the people when people think of scientists experimenting on people in, in Nazi, they always think of Mengele, um, you know, who uh, who was, you know, kind of a handsome guy and and. You know, but he wasn't the only one. And when right. I started researching it, I found these two other guys who were just much more scary. And they were actually you know, maybe more vindictive in their actions. And one of them, you know, he actually got his medical license back and got to practice and he lived to like 90. And I was like, yeah, that's, not, that's not that's not a, a, an example of fairness in life. And if you look at that picture of him, you're, you, you know, he is nightmarishly scary. Yeah, definitely. Now, you know, you had mentioned before that, you know, your books kind of take a jumping point off of one another. Are you planning on any kind of like a shared universe with all your books or is it just kind of a kind of coincidence that they kind of spring off of each other? I think the there's kind of the Shark of War universe, you know, which, you know, has the Vicious Vixens and the Cthulhu Man. And then the Samson universe will be, you know, separate. I do have ideas for for other characters spinning off of this. Okay. Um, and, and we might we'll probably meet some of them in issue two as well. But but it's more, you know, the Shark of War universe is kind of a little more grounded in terms of the level of powers. I mean, the shark is, you know, his ability to fly and, and stuff is, is, and the fact that he's armored. It's probably the, the high point in technology, except for the Cthulhu man. You know, there's just sure. a few people with powers and abilities, whereas the, uh, the uh, you know, the Samson universe will be a little more like a, you know, not a Marvel universe in terms of, you know, zillions of people having powers, but more like a kind of a Silver Age kind of universe where they're just like, you know, dozens of people who have powers and, and abilities and stuff. Um, so it'll be more, it'll be a, a higher our level universe, you know, where the, you know, the people have, you know, there are multiple people with 
you know, superpowers, there are super villains and stuff like that. It's a little more of a traditional comic book universe and not as grounded in, you know, in a kind of a, a lower tech level. Gotcha. So anyone expecting Shark of War to come, you know, give Samson an assist are going to be very disappointed. Unless they, you know, unless they do one of those crossover crisis yeah. multiple universe kind of events that yeah, right. the, the comics <laughs> yeah. occasionally have, um, you know, the, the but but yeah, the the the, the I, one thing I don't like about the Marvel and DC universes of now is there's just so many super powered people. You know, it's like you know you probably walk out in the street and bump into three. Yeah, it, you know, especially in the Marvel universe where so many people yeah. have are mutants now that that there's just you know it's just takes you it kind of takes the specialness of away it also takes the sense of danger away when there's so many people who have powers and you know abilities and stuff um so i i'd like a you know like i said a more silver age level where you know there were you know a number of them but it wasn't like everybody it wasn't just overly done um but on the other hand for the shark of war universe i want to have a you know more of a street level kind of kind of you know a level of for abilities i don't want to have superman type people or you know or samson type people with those kind of you know, incredible strength and powers just like heightened abilities but not yeah really like yeah, the, the cthulhu man is probably the, the top guy you know in terms of powers because of his mind control abilities and stuff like that but i you know i don't want to have the, you know the universe you know, you know subject to superhero fights like that gotcha now you had said you have six issues planned out for Samson. You know, do you plan on like? And I know it probably depends on whether or not it funds or not, or even finds an audience. Because I know sometimes, right. sometimes that's kind of that can be an issue, um, regardless of what the topic of the comic is or the subject of the comic. Um, would it go past the six issues? Do you have like further story arcs to like? Oh yeah, I think I think I you know I think you could I could you know I think I could do this character like you know you did like Stanley did Spider-Man. I could you know, oh, okay. come up with, you know, more, you know, I have the, right now I have a, a story arc that I want to tell, but I, I think I could do, you know, multiple stories of, of, of this, this character. You know, I have spin, like I said, I have spinoff ideas and I envision the universe being a larger superhero universe with other super soldiers, good and bad with other superpowered people. You know, as we go through the, you know, the years, you know, in the next issue, we're going to see him, you know, eventually back in Israel because he's taking the uh, the Uber Fuhrer to, you know, to trial. Um, you know, there'll be his enemies, you know, and his friends and things like that. Plus, I mean, you mentioned, you know, why wouldn't Israel or even, you know, the Germans be working on a super soldier project? Who knows? There might be other countries that were working on super soldiers that samson might run into right very cool and you know and since it covers many years because like i said i kind of i kind of view this as an epic that you know starts with his origin and comes up through his adulthood you know there's yeah. there's you know you know years worth of characters that will pop in and out and you know his own family of course has been affected by what's been done to him so you know some yeah. of his relations may we may see that what happens to them um because of you know of his genetics <laughs> yeah definitely all right so you know after this kickstarter is done for samson you know what what do you have next lined up do you is that stuff you can talk about like oh yeah shark of war sevens uh you know i i kind of do this thing where i try and have you know eight pages of art 
you know, and story done and lettered and, you know, make an ash can of them. And I've, I've almost got that for Shark of War 7. So oh, nice. I'm hoping to, you know, launch Shark of War 7, you know, maybe a month or two after this Kickstarter. Um, I try to, you know, I've, a couple of times now I've been trying to, you know, put them very close together and then physical backers who back one, I give them a discount on the next one, you know, oh, nice. basically a rebate at the end of it. So I'll just hold their, their, their rewards and ship them all off together. So they get a discount and I save on shipping because, you know, obviously, you know, one of the, one of the cost limitations of doing Kickstarters, the expensive shipping. Um, oh, you know, it's, sure. not, it's not like you just go to the comic book store and, and pick up your books. You know, ship. You have to ship them off, and it's you know, at least you know four dollars of cost for for you know packaging and shipping a book. Um, so by you know, I if they're going to buy my second book and I combine them together, I, I give them a discount. So the, everybody who backed the Vicious Vixens, which which finished a couple months ago. And it's almost ready to print. I, you know, I, I told them, you know, if you back Samson at a physical level, I'll knock off. I'll at the end of the campaign, I'll rebate seven dollars to you, and nice. fifteen for an international backer. So basically, they get, you know, they get their books a little later. They all get them all together, and I, I save on shipping, and they, you know, their second book, Samson, will now be basically be half price if they want the lowest, lowest physical level of, of the book. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, you know, with as expensive as it is shipping in the States, I'm sure shipping international is probably, I've, I've heard it's a nightmare sometimes. Oh yeah. It's a, there's, I mean, if you go through pirate ship, they I sometimes use that because they do have a, a, a cheaper option. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find a little bit cheaper, but yeah, anything, even a, a you know, a single floppy overseas is probably going to cost you 12 to 15 bucks to ship it. Wow. Um, so so you, so I, you know, you have to charge a lot for shipping. It could be even more if you're in Australia or something. But, yeah. but, and you know, then then there's also if somebody orders a big lot, then you get into weight limits too, and, and prices could even go surprisingly high. You know, I've spent thirty or forty bucks on shipping to, you know, something to people in Australia, for example. Oh wow. But, you know, I, I charge, you know, I charge them for it, you know, because, you know, as part of the, you know, upfront, I haven't, you know, I haven't estimated what it's going to cost. And sometimes yeah. I'm off a little bit. Sometimes I'm on. Um, so, it, yeah, that, but that dealing with that is an expense. And that means that, you know, I get very few international backers for physical media because they, you know, pay an, an extra, you know, 15, 20 bucks for comic book. You know, single comic books, you know, a lot. Yeah, they're paying <laughs> so, you know, price essentially. So most of the people who back back for foreign get a digital copy. You know, and that's five bucks, and you know, yeah. I just email it off. It's a PDF. I always, you know, do extra stuff in my PDFs. For example, the uh, the you know, there's some bonus features. You saw the one in the ash can. There'll probably be one, at least one more. I always in Shark of War. I usually do the science of the Shark of War because I'm an engineer by by trade. So I always nice. do something about you know the, the the science behind his weaponry or the science behind his uh, his ability to fly. You know how how he converts the fuel the people he eats into fuel for his jet engines, for example. That was a that was a fun one to write. Um, basically, bet. you know, t- turning turning human flesh into shark oil. Turning shark oil into jet fuel. Um, oh, man. 
So that, that's kind of, there, there's always something like that in my digital vision. I think I sent you a link to all of them. So if you kind of look in the back of the comics, you see, yeah. you see the science of Shark of War bonus. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I definitely will. But Sorry. So yeah, so that's, oh, that's kind of what I you know want to try to, to add to, to that. And so, you know, I always, my digital editions are always cheap. And if I make gold, I always add in, you know, other people get their digital books. So I also add in some other digital books as well for people. Very cool. All right. Well, um, it's been great talking with you. Let's go oh, ahead. Thank wrap, you. Yeah. Let's wrap things up. Um, if you, do you have any advice you'd give to up and coming creators or, you know, creators that maybe are, just haven't started doing their thing yet that just need a little bit of motivation. Yeah. Um, if, if you're going to, going to do a, do a Kickstarter, you know, if you're planning to go through Kickstarter, I mean, maybe you have an unit Marvel or something like that, in which case I'd recommend that route. But if, you, yeah. if you're planning to do a Kickstarter, uh, you, you need to start building up an audience. So you have to have some social media, start an email list, um, so you can you can start promoting yourself, get people on your email list, and then you know you know then the key is you know if you want to do make a comic book, the key is to make a comic book. Um, you know a lot of people talk about wanting to make a comic book, but you you just basically just have to sit down and do it. And like I said, I I did my first comic, my first five issues. In fact, I did the art and the writing for for them all myself. But you can, you know, you can find an artist who will work for you. I mean, you'll have to pay them. There's very few artists who are, who are going to work, you know, for profit sharing or for, you know, for, you know, anything that. So if you if you do want to hire an artist, you just expect to pay them. Um, and there are Facebook groups where you can find artists on and things like that. There, there are groups on Facebook for, you know, for Kickstarter, you know, for your fellow Kickstarter creators where other people yeah. will share your stuff out and you know and, and i'm on obviously a number of them but and it'll also give you advice on where to print your book and you know who to go to for you know colorist or letter or things like that if you need other other services um so yeah that's 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 my big advice start working on building up your your fan base and then just make the comic book you know and if you want you can like i said my because I did the art on my own, my first starter goal was really low, um, relatively speaking, but it was still hard to hit. And you know, this this comic book's outside my normal wheel space, so so probably gonna be hard to make this goal too. But that's you know, just gotta keep plugging away. That's great advice. Don't give up and just don't be afraid to do it. Just do it. If you yeah. want to do something, just go out there and get started. Good advice. All right. Well, um, where you know where people want to know more about samson if people want to know about you know keep up on what's coming from you where can, mm -hmm. where can they find you well if they go to bitingcomics.com they can they can sign up for my email list and they'll get like my first two issues of shark of war free the pdf of them they'll also get the uh, the you know the samson ash can and the uh, the vicious vixens ash can um to, to look at if they'd like to help you know, back Samson, samson.bitingcomics.com will take them to the Kickstarter page. Um, that's my, my shortened link. Um, there's a longer link, obviously, from Kickstarter for it, um, that, that will take them to it. Um, I'm, I'm on Shark Comics on Facebook and B Lacey One on Twitter. Perfect. 
And then when we put this out, we'll definitely make sure we put a link to get people going to where they need to go. Oh, appreciate it. Absolutely. And, you know, to find us when this article posts all sorts of other nerdy, nerdy news to keep up <laughs> on, you can check out our website at geek-network.com. We're at GeeksAZ on Twitter and Instagram, Geek Network on Facebook. On Instagram, I'm CD is weird. Um, the music from the show is by Polygon Horizon. They're a great band. Go check them out on Bandcamp. Um, the logos for the show are done by my friends Chris Chandler and Mike Belcher. Also two great comic guys. Go check them out on all the social medias. And if you like the show, please leave a review and tell your friends. Word of mouth is our friend. And remember, kids, to embrace the things that fuel your weird and always geek responsibly. Ben, thank you so much for coming today. Oh, thank you.